At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. All right, so check this out. It all started in the morning of February 14th, 2018. I was in middle school, and the campus was buzzing with life. Guys were running around with gifts for their girlfriends. Girlfriends gave gifts to their boyfriends. Friends exchanged candies. All in all, everything seemed normal. I wasn't popular, per se, but I knew everyone, and everyone knew me but I preferred to hang around with a small group of close friends because being around too many people always made me, I don't know, anxious. During lunch, I was hanging around my usual group of friends, which consisted of two girls, Alex and Mia, and three guys, Nico, Adrian, and Elijah. Valentine's Day, of all days, made me even more anxious because a lot of people would join our group because of my friend Adrian He attracted a lot of girls, and my friend Mia was such a sweetheart, and a lot of guys wanted to date her. I began to feel overwhelmed, so I slipped out of my group and headed out to a secret hiding place, which was really just a bench that was way out in the field, sort of hidden by some trees. No one really went there, so it was a good place to catch my breath. As I was reading my book, I hear someone getting closer, and I look up to see this guy named Emmanuel. When I saw Emmanuel, I instantly started to freak out because he always seemed to have this sort of infatuation with me. Every day, he would force himself on me, randomly hugging me, trying to kiss me, telling me he liked me, and believe it or not, I would often see him around my neighborhood, and he didn't even live near there. I decided to play it cool and continued reading when he suddenly just grabs my book out of my hands. Hey, what the heck, man? I yelled, and he simply responded with, Sorry, I just wanted your attention. I was still angry, but I tried to calm myself down. What do you want? I said. I really like you, and I want you to be my girlfriend. I swear, I'll treat you like a queen. After he said that, he handed me a box of chocolates and a cute stuffed bear. I thought it was a nice gesture, but I really felt uncomfortable whenever he was around. So I told him that even though it was sweet of him, I was already in a relationship, which wasn't true. When the words left my mouth, he turned from being nice and calm to angry. He yelled at me, saying how dare I date someone that wasn't him. I tried to get up to leave, but he tightly grabbed my arm and forcefully kissed me. With tongue and all, then it was gross AF. I tried pushing him off, but he was stronger than me, so I yelled for help at the top of my lungs, and then he quickly covered my mouth. So I bit his hand, and I kicked him in the balls. While he was shocked, I broke free and ran back to my friend group. He yelled behind me, saying how he would assault me and then delete me. 
Obviously, the duty guards heard this and immediately took action. But I just wanted to get to the safety of my group, so I kept running until I bumped into Adrian. At this point, the rest of my group had separated in order to look for me when they noticed my absence. I hugged him and I cried my eyes out. He only comforted me until I was ready to talk. I then told him everything when I was suddenly called into the principal's office. They wanted to know everything that had happened and then the police were called. It was a long day and I just wanted to go home. After I told them what happened, I was allowed to leave early. I later found out that in his house there was a shrine built for me with pictures of me doing various different things like walking my dog, eating in my living room with my family, even of me changing. It was horrible and traumatizing, so listen, Emmanuel, let's never meet again. This author includes an update to the story. She says, I bumped into him again at the store. I don't think he's changed. He acted the same way he always did back in school. I don't even know why he was there because I moved to LA and he and his family had stayed in Lancaster. I know this because his older brother told my ex BFF. Anyway, the store was like five minutes away from where I live, so I freaked out. I thought I was over it, but on top of the unrelated trauma that I experienced from another situation, I began having a panic attack. I have these often. I don't know what to do. Like, does he know where I live? Am I just being paranoid? Has he really changed? What would you do? Well, well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Hmm, doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana all within my budget. Doesn't get much smoother than that. It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a cosigner and found my dream car. It doesn't get much. Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. About a year ago, I received a very odd phone call. For a little context... Back in early March of 2021, I was desperately looking for a job. I must have applied to at least 80 different places, many of which got back to me. In April of 2021, I got a job at Walmart, working as a cashier. A few weeks after that, I had to work and my shift was supposed to end at 11pm. However, for personal reasons, I ended up leaving work at around 6, but to leave early, I had to check in with my manager. While waiting to speak with my manager, I heard her ask one of my colleagues to go to the staff room for a staff meeting. I remember being relieved that I didn't have to go through a staff meeting. On the way home from work, at about 6.30, I received a phone call from a random number. I answered, and the guy on the other end told me his name and the company he worked for. 
He called regarding an available job opportunity and asked me if I was still interested. I asked, quite puzzled, whether we had chatted recently, and what he told me next scared the crap out of me. He said that we had just chatted over the phone an hour ago when I told him that that isn't possible since I'm not allowed to have my phone on me while working, he proceeded to read aloud my name and my number. I asked him if he had made some sort of mistake and he said that when he spoke with me earlier, he confirmed my name and number with me then as well. He told me that when we chatted earlier, I told him to call me back after 6pm because I was in a meeting. And this caught me off guard since I had just missed a staff meeting, as I mentioned earlier. I then explained to him that I work as a cashier at Walmart and even if we did chat an hour ago, I wouldn't have him call me back at 6 since I was still supposed to be at work and only ended up leaving early for an emergency. I also told him that I actually had just missed a staff meeting by chance as well. At this point, we were both kind of just shocked and kept going back and forth about how strange and weird that is. He was 100% certain that this wasn't a mistake on his end and that we definitely chatted. He went so far as telling me that my voice is the exact same voice that he was speaking with earlier. After five straight minutes of complete shock and utter confusion, it ended off on a nice note with him thanking me for my time and me wishing him a good weekend. I checked later on that night whether or not I had actually applied to the company he worked for and it turns out I did. Every now and then, I think about how eerie that whole situation was. I know for a fact that I didn't speak to that man and he knows for a fact that he definitely did speak to me. This author has included an edit. It says, In regards to phone records, my dad pays the entire family's phone bills and has all the records. If you guys are referring to my recent log in my phone, this happened over a year ago and I must have cleared my recent calls a million times since then. They include a second edit. It says, Also, when I told him that he's made some sort of mistake... After reading aloud my name and phone number, he also said that I was one of the only people he needed to contact on that particular day, and specifically, I was the only female. Hmm. To set the scene, the back of my house borders a forest. The area was frequented by Neolithic people as there are monuments nearby and a funerary urn was found about five meters from my backyard. It's a place where druids would have performed rituals and ceremonies. Anyway, I'm hanging up washing one day with my mind wandering off to all kinds of things rather than concentrating on the mundane chore. I'm listening to the birds, the wind in the trees and thinking what a lovely warm day it is. My eye then catches a crow landing about a meter in front of me. But the thing is, it's landing in slow motion. I'm looking at this black bird slowly landing on the ground with its wings outstretched, and then I realize it's deadly silent. No birds chirping, no wind, no wash flapping in the breeze, nothing. I snap out of my daydreaming and concentrate on what's going on. The sight of the slow-mo bird in the silence sends my head into a spin. Am I having a heart attack? Am I alive? 
Are things slowing down because I'm about to pass out? What's going on? I let go of the peg in my hand and watch it slowly fall to the floor, like a balloon in slow motion. I start looking all around me, and everything has become still. The trees aren't moving, but my head and arms are moving like normal. I'm looking at the sky, the clouds, the trees, and all around me, and even the house's chimney vent, which always spins, is dead still. I feel like time has stopped, but the weirdest thing is the silence. There's just nothing. No noise, no sound, just nothingness. I look back at the bird, still stunned at what's happening, and suddenly, a wall of sound hits me. The birds are chirping. There's wind in the trees, the flapping wings of the crow as it takes off again, and a strange white noise which must just be from ambient sounds. Everything sounds loud and clear. I stand there for about five minutes, trying to wrap my head around what just happened, looking around in pure disbelief. My heart rate is normal. I feel just fine. In fact, I think I feel pretty good. Like I've just had some kind of -of out-of-body experience. The whole thing must have been less than a minute. Like time lagged and then suddenly caught up again. This was more than a year ago, and I haven't experienced anything like it before or since. If you like these stories so far, click subscribe to hear many more. I really don't believe in ghosts, and I'm very much a skeptic, but these events that I experienced really stumbled me even to this day. The year was 2011, and I was 15 years old. I was laying in bed when I suddenly heard faint screams of a man within my room, and the screams were circling around me. I actually thought I was going crazy, but I knew I felt mentally stable at the time, and I was thinking straight. So I pulled my phone at the time and started recording audio of the supposed screams. When I hit playback after they stopped only after a minute or so, I heard it clear as day on the phone. I don't know how I was able to sleep that night, but I eventually did. The next morning, I instantly checked my phone again in the audio recording and it was still there, reconfirming to myself that it wasn't a dream or some mental episode or something along those lines. When I got to school, I told my friend the whole thing about it and of course, they didn't believe me and I even said I had the proof because I recorded it. And believe it or not, I pulled my phone out of my pocket and my phone was completely shattered and the SD card inside of it was completely corrupt as well. I wasn't being rough or fell or anything like that. Of course, I looked like an idiot after that and I got laughed at and everything. I'm truly a skeptic, but damn, that really pisses me off even until this very day because that audio was completely real. This happened again in 2016. It was early morning and I was up and about getting ready for work and I was alone in the house. My dog's ears perked up and I began to listen with him. We both heard someone moaning in pain from an uncertain point of source in the room. Again, it was faint and a very disembodied sound. I pulled out my phone again, this time with iPhone video, not a flip phone, and now the noise stopped. 
I played it back and it was there, but later that day, the video just vanished and I couldn't recover it either. I also want to add that someone did apparently die in my room 25 years ago before we ever moved in. I had other spooky stuff happen, but they can easily be marked off as unexplainable and mostly not interesting. Thank you for reading. This story is about a bad experience I had when I went camping on the beach in the summer with my boyfriend. We had a nice idea of camping on the beach instead of going to a hotel since I always wanted to sleep and hear the waves hitting the shore, see the night sky whenever I wanted, and just live this experience at least once in my life. We were supposed to stay in our tent for a week. The area had public restrooms with showers and restaurants, so the matter of hygiene and hunger were not an issue. We bought all the supplies we needed for such an adventure. A two-person tent, which was blacked out, meaning the sun rays just couldn't come in, an inflatable mattress, a first aid kit, lanterns for the tent, etc. The first nights were no issue. We actually enjoyed every moment of it. We would always take all of our valuables with us in, in a backpack in case anything bad would happen to our tent, like our phones, chargers, and wallets, things like that. We weren't the only people that camped in that area. There were plenty of people that would camp there, either single people, couples, or even families, which includes even people that behaved badly. When night came, you would occasionally hear people laughing, partying, dancing, listening to music and smoking weed, taking drugs, or drinking a lot of alcohol. We didn't mind it, as nobody had bothered anyone for the past four days and nights. People were having fun, as they knew best, and no one was being aggressive until that point. One night, we stayed out later than usual. It was around 1am, and we were just wandering around the lively streets to listen to street performers, eat out, and stuff like that. When we stopped at one of the street performers, who seemed to have a lot of people circling him and listening to his music, we realized he wasn't the main character the people were gathered for, though. In the middle of the crowded street, where cars would occasionally pass by, was a middle-aged woman dancing completely naked. Clearly affected by the abuse of alcohol and or consumption of drugs, she was incoherent, she would randomly flirt with people, she would expose herself while dancing to the music, despite the disgust of the musician and the passerbyers. We didn't look much into it and decided to leave back to our tent and just have a drink in silence while watching the stars and falling asleep to the sounds of the ocean. While drinking and winding down, we hear some ladies shouting in the distance. It's the same woman that we had seen before, but she wasn't alone. She had two friends with her, was two women. They had a camp set on the same beach as us and a few tents further from us, but not far enough so that we couldn't hear them or see them, even if it was dark. They lit a fire on the beach and they continued to drink, smoke, and dance around it. She, of course, is still naked, but this time she's wearing a see-through skirt. She goes in the ocean for what seems to be an eternity. I remember thinking, how is she not cold? The water must be freezing. My boyfriend just shrugged and told me not to be bothered. 
if we don't engage with her or them, then they wouldn't annoy us. So I did just that. But even so, I always felt as if we were being watched. Put my thoughts aside and we decide to go to sleep. But being a beautiful night and the air warm, we thought of not closing the tent completely, just zipping the mosquito cover so the air would circulate inside the tent and have the sunshine in the morning to wake us up early. I don't recall how long that I was sleeping for, but I remember being awoken by footsteps circling our tent and a womanly voice humming a song softly. The tent wasn't very thick and you can hear everything on the outside of it. I was too afraid to look out. Heck, I was too afraid to even change my position as to not indicate to the outsider that I had noticed their presence. All I did was lay down and look outside through the mosquito cover. All of a sudden, I hear the footsteps stop above my head and the voice whisper, Don't be afraid. I only want to sing you a lullaby. And the footsteps began again to circle the tent. I see your feet in front of our tent just passing by, noticing the very familiar long see-through skirt blowing behind her. Next morning, we packed our tent and moved to a different area of the beach, as far away as possible from that woman and her friends. This happened a few years ago, right before the pandemic hit. In fact, I know the exact date because it spooked me to my core. It was February 18th, 2020. I was 14 years old, so you can imagine this was a pretty frightening moment for a young girl. My mother, my younger brother, and I went to go see a movie. He wanted to see the new Sonic film, and I didn't really want to, so I went to see the Birds of Prey movie instead. I had already seen it, but I wanted to enjoy the cinema popcorn and hot dog, and quite frankly, I wanted to watch it again. I had gone off by myself to the viewing room, and it was completely empty. It was just me in there, so I felt relatively safe being able to see the whole room given I was also at the very top. It was pretty amazing to have an entire room all to yourself until it's not. About halfway through the film, I went to the restroom. The soda didn't last long. So I went and once again, it was just me in there. Every room was in current running progress, so nobody wanted to miss the films. As I was finishing up, there was an elderly woman at the sink. She must have been 70. I thought I was alone, but I suppose not. She was washing her hands right next to me, moving from her original spot. Now, for context, before I tell you what she said to me, I'll give you a brief description of myself. I have black hair, green eyes, relatively sharp features, high cheekbones, and arched brows. Yeah, a typical Disney villain, which I somewhat blame for her response. I think I'm somewhat attractive, but I mean, nothing to really lose your marbles over. She had looked at me with the most subtle but unnerving grin, still with her hands under the water but not doing anything, and she said, young lady, you are quite a gorgeous girl. I said thank you, and she went on to say, a beauty like that is only something an evil can have. Your eyes are just so hollow and soulless. 
she continued with that same damn smile. I was seriously starting to get creeped out, but I do live in the Bible Belt of Texas, so I just chalked it up to her being a nut job. But then she got closer and said, without the smile this time, You shouldn't have that beauty. I hurried and I left as soon as I possibly could. I did not like being alone with that woman anymore and I waited outside the restroom where it was populated, but she never came out. After five minutes, I went back to the viewing room and was paranoid for the entire rest of the film. I couldn't get that crazy lady out of my head. Like, who says that to a kid? I seriously considered getting exercised by a priest after that encounter. After that, I told my mom and she didn't let me go alone until I was at least 16. Never do I want to see that woman again. I still get paranoid after that anytime I'm alone in a public restroom. In fact, I avoid them almost altogether now. I still don't know what to make of it. So, for context, this happened when I was about six, and a lot of the details were taken from what my mom said about it earlier, but I'll try to explain it to the best of my ability. One night, near Christmas, my mom, who was in her early 30s but looked much younger, myself, who was a six or seven-year-old boy, and my sister, who was about a three or four-year-old girl at the time, were walking down our street, and it wasn't a safe street. It was known for trap houses and there were many police raids, but we were near our house and nothing seemed off. As we were walking late at night, a man started chatting to us about our Christmas plans. Me and my sister, as young kids do, started babbling on about what we were getting from Santa and when we were seeing our family and how the house was decorated and so on and so forth. The man, let's call him Gary, seemed particularly interested in the last part, and although my mom quickened her pace, he kept up and asked about how the house was arranged to accommodate such amazing decorations. We were about ten doors from our house by this point. He then asked a question I thought to be quite random, but my mom took it very seriously. So, is dad home? On that night in question, he was away at a conference, which my sister very quickly informed Gary of. Entering our front garden, Gary sped very swiftly to the opening door and asked in the sickeningly sweet tone that you hear from serial killers on TV, Can I see the decorations? My mom locked the door, which seemed to be being pushed from the outside, turned off the lights, and rushed upstairs. Our bottom floor was all laid out in one room, so there was no walls to block us from pacing outside and continuous knocking. The question started from, can I see your decorations, to let me see them, and my mom called my dad, who rushed home from the city center. We never got bothered by him again, although he wasn't intercepted by our dad if that's what you were thinking, but I dread to think of what could have happened if my amazing mom hadn't acted so fast. If this was somehow a man who just really wanted to see our decorations, then my complete apologies to him, but you guys, stay safe out there.
The little doll had a spirit attached to it. We had a paranormal team come take it to a museum with other haunted artifacts local to us. We found them at a yard sale. They were both missing the same side leg. (laughs) The owners and us joked about the dolls being haunted and we bought them both for $5. When we got into the car to leave the yard sale that we found the dolls at, it started to hail with the sun shining. We ended up going to eat because there was no way we could shop the yard sales in the rain. After we got done eating about an hour later, we went to another yard sale just a block away from where we got the dolls. Everything was dry and nothing was out of place. I asked the lady how did she keep her stuff dry with all that hail and she didn't know what I was talking about. If my fiancé wasn't with me, I don't know if I would have believed myself. That night, my fiancé had a real bad dream about the smaller doll and it was telling him to kill me. He woke up and thought he actually hurt me. I joined some groups and shared the pictures of the dolls on Facebook, and they immediately knew it was the little doll. My friend showed her mom the picture of the doll. Her mom wanted to come see it before the paranormal team took a look at it. When they got to my apartment, she went to hold the doll but immediately sat it back down because the energy was so overwhelming. I asked her if I should try to hold it because it was my doll, and she said sure. I picked it up, and as soon as I did, I felt this sensation like a high almost start to come through my feet and slowly inch its way up my body. When it got to my neck, I started choking and sobbing uncontrollably. Everyone yelled at me to put it down. I did, and the feeling went much faster back down out through my feet the same way that it came in. My aunt almost died when she was in a car wreck and she said that she could feel her soul leaving through her feet when it happened. We all wanted to go outside and get some fresh air after that. We walked outside between the apartment buildings and on the deck behind me, all of a sudden there were five big-ass crows behind me on the balcony, screeching at me like they wanted to attack us. Well, my friend and her mom went home. I don't blame them. I mean, (laughs) anyways. So the paranormal team comes, and the air is so heavy when you walk in my apartment, you can literally feel the energy. They start blessing the dolls and the house, and the neighbor's dog is howling the entire time, which it never really does. The lady carried a white stone to keep her grounded and protected, and she started freaking out because the stone turned hot. The energy level was a 3.5 out of 10. It was all so crazy. I'm so glad that I have so many witnesses. (laughs) I worked in a small, private practice doctor's office where a good chunk of what we do is hormone replacement therapy. Lots of people choose to get subdermal pellets, and with them, you have to option to buy branded DIM. There's a guy that comes in to buy this stuff fairly often, like often to the tune of once a month, and normally he'll call ahead of time since we've been known to run out to see if we have any on hand. His last name is one of a plant, and also that has significant meaning to me. When somebody makes a purchase, they need to sign the receipt regardless of their payment method. 
This guy always makes a really dramatic show of just marking an X on the paper. He's just a funny old guy with white hair that makes me smile when he comes in. Well, last Friday, he had an appointment for his hormone pellet. Okay, cool. I was doing other stuff when I saw somebody come up to the counter. This was a middle-aged dude. I thought maybe he was somebody's partner. Most of our patients are women. On an errand to pick up some supplements. He said he was the guy with the plant last name in for his appointment. The guy with the plant last name had the funny signature that I thought, and what What the fuck? The guy with the plant last name and the funny signature I thought was considerably older, but maybe he dyed his hair and got some cosmetic work done? Whatever. He comes out and I tell him his total and I give him the receipt to sign. He signs it with his whole name instead of just the overly dramatic X. He didn't buy any DIM like he normally does and then he went on his way. I thought about it all weekend and decided to check the past charge history on him to see if maybe I was confusing him for another patient. The only other person with the same last name is his wife, who's a woman with a chart as well, so I know if I didn't confuse two people with the same last name since he's the only man. So... Monday rolled around and I plugged in the name and sure enough, it was that guy who came in about once a month for DIM and the purchase history proved it. The strange thing was when I plugged in the name, only his appeared. He had a wife with the same last name before. I went and looked at his profile and he said he was in a domestic partnership. What? No. The last time he had an actual legal wife with a matching last name. And then a few hours later, I saw an old man with white hair come in. He said he was here to get a bottle of DIM. I grabbed a bottle and told him the cost and asked for his birthday so I could pull up this charts as we don't just sell it to anybody off the street. You have to be a patient of ours. I plugged in the birthday he gave me and it was the birthday of the guy who had changed in the timeline. He gave me his credit card to pay and the name was the exact same. There wasn't anybody else with that birthday in our entire system. I just kind of stared at him as best as I could whilst still being professional as he signed the receipt. He did a fancy little signature routine but it wasn't the same overdramatic X from before. He took his bottle of DIM and left. Immediately, I pulled up the previous Friday's schedule and I checked it. Sure enough, he had a pellet insertion on the previous Friday and came in and the appointment and paid and everything. This was not the same person, in looks or in his signature, but you can get into a lot of trouble for doing the wrong procedure on the wrong person, but neither the medical assistant or the doctor said anything when these were two clearly different people. I was actually laid off at the end of the day or else I'd take special note about when he came in next. I guess nobody will ever know the mystery of the body-shifting patient, but if anybody has any ideas, I would love to hear them. When I was in college, I returned home every other weekend to work the job that I had since graduating from high school. After my final class on a Friday, I would drive straight to my job and then, after my shift was over, I would return to my parents' remote home. 
When I returned from work, my parents weren't home yet, so the yard and the house were both dark. I parked in the spot that I usually use. I got out and then turned to unlock the back door and remove my backpack from the back seat. Is that light still on from when I arrived? Of course it was, right? I was looking at the light and reaching for my bag when an elderly woman walked up to the window. I could tell that she was upset with me because this wasn't a bitch face that was just resting. My hand started shaking as her eerie face stared back at me. When I first looked up, there was a short woman holding a stick and making a clanking sound with it. I assumed that the elderly woman was dressed in all black. The more I focused on her, the harder it was to distinguish any other color because it was becoming blurry. If I'm not mistaken, it was an elderly grandmother who turned to face me while sporting a black headscarf but made no facial expressions. The woman in the bathroom and I stood there looking at each other for a good 10 seconds before my parents' car pulled into the driveway and called my attention away from her. The light was still on when I turned around, but the woman was gone. Who was the creepy old woman that I saw? Remember, everybody, rubber baby buggy bumpers. First try. Hello, Saver. Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo's savings options. Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So, what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash save to open a savings account today. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply.